Welcome friends, it's Friday the 1st of December. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be listening to Sonia Poulton's view on Jordan Peterson and why. Going to be listening to Dr Bean, who will answer the question, are people who took the vaccine going to die in three years? He'll give you an answer. And you can see the comment section see the whole video for yourself as to why he comes to that answer because I'm going to be playing bits of different videos but not all of any of them so we can get through quite a bit here today and before I start it's the first oh and at the end of the show there will be the continuation or conclusion I should say of my interview with Craig Campbell that's been spread out over three shows uh, such as my editing skills or lack thereof so, let's begin first of all with a quick video here. Before I do, just want to say a big thank you to all those that participate in the Beyond the News Telegram group. I actually get a lot of my day-to-day -day news from that group now. It has surpassed my wildest expectations that I check in there. I was about to say log in there, but it doesn't require a login, does it? I look in there beginning of the day and there's multiple excellent posts from multiple people um, big thank you to the J's and the J's in the group and what I really like about it is that it's people have listened to what I've said and just shared the information no one comments or argues it's just it's literally a reference site rather than an argument site seeing as pretty much most of all <laughs> anything sort of where you can allow groups to gather turns into an argument I'm so proud and pleased in equal measure that that's never occurred on the telegram group at beyond the news gym that's the last thing I want when I'm scrolling through news is to I can't be bothered I don't care about any of it but when I scroll through and there isn't any of that it's just pure news articles from mainstream news over and over love it so that's um, something that I'm very grateful to my listeners for and um, you have made that group better than I thought it, I thought it would just be me posting a few things and occasionally I'd look on there and there'd be like one article from someone once a month or something but it's not tons of articles a day no arguments everyone gets along love it so a big big thank you that's at beyond the news gym i think <laughs> it's been a while since i've plugged it i should probably have a check before i did that anyway now let's listen to dr bean uh his video this is a year old um and it's got quite a lot of um views 1.9 million and considering he only has Six thirty-eight thousand subs. That's a hell of a increase on that. So I think there's a lot of people that uh, that took an interest in this headline, and it reads: "Will vaccinated individuals die in three years?" Before I play the video, I'll just read out some of the comments here. And uh, the first one is: I like I, this one's quite humorous. My mother told me never take drugs from convicted felons with legal indemnity. And the next one is, well, 
he claims to have, well I've no reason to doubt him but I probably won't read that one out because he claims to be from Pfizer and makes some pretty interesting claims but at the end of the day it is just a comment from a bloke on a YouTube video I've got no way of vetting what he says but it is interesting uh, the one below is interesting as well the fact that YouTube and Facebook silence people who speak on this lets you know that they need to be held accountable yes I think that there's going to be some sorts of lawsuits in certain parts of the world whether they be free speech issues or whether they um, they were silencing incorrect information um, and, uh, but they shouldn't you know shouldn't censor I think it boils down to this if you who are YouTube and Facebook to censor medical doctors for talking about peer-reviewed science papers and if that censorship led to someone taking the vax and getting a very detrimental effect or even a fatal one while I admit those percentage rates of people that had those problems are small they do exist and so that you know you can sue someone for slipping over on a wet place in a supermarket when there's already a sign out so this will be interesting to see how it uh, boils down but anyway here's Dr Bean answering the question will vaccinated individuals die in three years this is Dr Mobin Sayed welcome to one more show so this discussion uh, this question has been prevalent everywhere and has been used and I have spoken with so many people who say this so let me give you a short answer first and then I'll explain it uh, short answer is no not because of COVID, there, there are many other reasons, who knows what would happen to us in the next minute or next blink or next breath, but not because of COVID or not because of the vaccine. They, they, this could be COVID as well. But what I'm trying to say is, no, the vaccine will not set us up today so that there is an alarm clock going on in us and three years later we will die. So let me now explain why this is not. So there you go. That is, that is the quickest video I've ever played. Uh, you can go and he goes on for another 25 minutes to explain why the answer is no. And that's something that I've been saying for a while. Um, I, you know, the, the, the more radical end of the conspiracy theory group of all, they're all going to die in a few years. I was never part of that camp, thankfully, because I know some of my listeners have had the jab and then deeply regretted it, changed their minds and not had any more. But he goes on, more or less goes on to say, um, you know, and, and it had to be from, I wasn't going to go and listen to some of the, the, the shills that told you it was safe and effective. Um, you know, they're not, will vaccinated individuals die in three years? No, they'll be absolutely wonderful, go and take your latest booster, um, all that sort of stuff. I'm obviously not going to listen to any of those doctors, what's the point? But you know, they're just the just the reality deniers. You know, but if a doctor says, "Well, thirty-four out of thirty-five of you, based on this particular study, should be okay in terms of side effects," but doesn't particularly do a lot in terms of pros, I could listen to a doctor like that. I think that's um, a reasonably fair assessment, and that's why I listen to Doctor. I think it's. Uh, Mobin Saeed, I think, but he calls himself Dr. Bean, <laughs> which I think is pretty cool. So 
he'll go on and give you the scientific explanation as to his opinion there. And so I thought that that was a good positive message about the potential harm that, that those vaccines could do in the long term from a doctor that hadn't well embarrassed himself by denying a great deal of reality and um, in this day and I, I, you know there were many doctors to begin with who were very pro weren't they and they've changed their mind but um, and that, that's fair enough but the ones that you know, I know this video is a year old, but to this day, all like safe and effective, line up, roll up your sleeve. Yeah, <laughs> I have no interest in listening to their opinions because it's just not going to be objective. If they're not willing to take on the concerns that already exist and proven to exist, then why would we listen to their opinions on conditions three years down the line if they're denying reality now? So I thought that was quite a nice positive one. And next up, we are... Now, you remember, I don't know, six months ago, I played a clip of Jordan Peterson on the Joe Rogan show showing he was going to um, put together an organisation to the stand-up to the WEF and have his meeting and all that kind of stuff in London. Well, it's happened. And Sonia Poulton is going to tell you about who was there. And sadly it sounds like it it sounds like controlled opposition and i'll hand it over to sonia now and this uh, video is called wolf in sheep's clothing jordan peterson and ark so before i play it i should just preface it by saying it's up to you to decide and it's up to you to decide did Jordan know the background of the people that were at this conference that Sonia's talking about? Will he do anything about it? Will he change it? That kind of stuff. We shall see. And it doesn't mean that I won't play more clips of him in the future if I think, regardless of whether he's controlled opposition or not, he's giving out good, accurate information. In order to be, uh, you know, controlled opposition, you've got to give some good stuff from time to time and I'll put it out there and then but in the meantime I did say I would follow up on what happens and a really good breakdown of this Jordan Peterson meeting is going to be given to you now by Sonia Poulton from her YouTube channel let's have a listen Hello there. I've been upsetting some of my own supporters lately. It's not deliberate. I simply report on what I know. And if that happens to be about people that they like, then so be it. I say this because today's media influencer topic for discussion is one that is likely to upset, even alienate some people. See, I really like that. She just calls it as she sees it, regardless of whatever. I like that. But that is not my business. My job is to report the truth and what anyone chooses to do with that information and how people choose to react is not my concern. So with that said, I ask you, what do you think of when I say Dr. Jordan Peterson? For a long time, my thoughts about him was to do with pronouns and the culture war. It was Dr. Peterson's outspoken stance on pronouns while a lecturer in Canada 
that made him first come to my attention, and I suspect many others too. He arrived at a time when the culture wars were in full swing. People embraced him because he was talking no-nonsense, apparently unbiased, good common sense. Jordan Peterson is part of the new vanguard of social media influencers whose influence, far from being about mere pronouns, extends literally to war and peace. So a bit of background, first of all. Jordan Burnt Peterson was born in June 1962 in Canada. He's a Canadian psychologist, author and media commentator. He's had an interesting history, but he's only recently come to fame and that was as i say on the back of the issue of pronouns and compelled speech which even i was impressed with him i it, you know it was at a time when absolute madness appeared to have taken over the world and we were being told to call men women and women men and people were being born in the wrong body apparently and all of these things and there was this voice that just came out and and he appeared to be completely unafraid of what was being said to him, which was really refreshing because so many people were just absolutely petrified about going up against the gender cult. Um, so he's had a, a, a very interesting history, really. Um, so what he started doing was uploading videos to YouTube and creating content around his idea of what makes a decent life and how we can all live more prosperously. Part of his documented public struggle is around his addiction to prescription drugs. Um, for a so-called deep thinker, he claimed not to have considered the risks of such substance, substance abuse and the type of drugs he was taking, an apparently naive person who is also so knowledgeable about all of humanity. This is likely to be a fairly long video because I need to acknowledge some of the people that Jordan Peterson has gathered around him in a very short period of time. And it's fair to say that we can largely judge people by the company they keep. And Peterson has joined together with some fairly reprehensible people. And I don't want to skimp on acknowledging who they are because I believe it contributes to the man who we are discussing today. It is fair to say I've not been an avid fan. I have, I have not watched his every word. I found some of his videos um, loquacious, verbose, unnecessarily wordy. Um, I've said this before, but like Russell Brand, like Vanessa Feltz, it is my experience that such people often use uh, many words for manipulation tactics um, or to disguise the actual emptiness of the message that they are bringing through. And the only other time really that uh, Jordan Peterson really came to my attention and again, I think um, worldwide was when he dealt with well, he did this. He did a beautiful demolition of a particularly preposterously silly Channel 4 news interview in which Kathy Newman just came over really badly and clearly like she had an absolute set agenda. And the thing is, so Jordan Peterson represent this person who was going up against such sort of mainstream agendas. And honestly, people like me, we welcomed it. And uh, this has been a really interesting period, by the way, because there's been so many people who have come through that gap of the culture wars. And bit by bit, we are discovering that they are not who they claim to be. Right. But uh, more of that as we go on. So, yes, I had found him impressive. Uh, to a degree as an interviewer, because I think his ability to come back quickly 
um, was 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 good. I mean, it, it was needed, absolutely needed amongst this, you know, amongst a time when news interviewers and university students all appeared to have taken a gulp out of the woke buffet and were all talking pretty much gobbledygook. So it was so refreshing for somebody who cut through all that. So imagine my surprise when he turned out to be a C-19 jab promoter. And when he made this comment about how I've been jabbed, now just leave me alone. And uh, so clearly this was not really quite the person that his audience thought he was because he's what happened was he accumulated very quickly people who considered him to be someone who was fighting for our rights, for our freedom, and taking part in a jab agenda that has been coercive in which people have lost their jobs and their livelihoods if they refuse to take it is not about upholding the free. In Jordan's defence there, he was attacking symptoms of a agenda not the agenda itself when he was going on all these programs talking about you know arguing these issues he wasn't going much deeper than that so i think that's slightly unfair on sonia's part when they said he wasn't the man we thought he was it's not like he was out there addressing conspiracies um he was just addressing some of the symptoms that we think are coming down from that conspiracy. So I think that might be a little bit unfair on him there to say he wasn't the man we thought he... he he didn't turn out to be the man we thought he was. He never claimed to be sort of like, you know, on the truth conspiracy movement. He was just agreeing with certain agendas within that movement. So a little bit bit unfair, I think, on that bit. But um, that's just my opinion. ...of this world. And that was the point when I thought, hold on. This guy isn't quite the thinker we've been told he is. He's he's jibbed up to the eyeballs and talking about it. Um, and the fact is, the whole era of I've been jabbed around COVID was really, really bizarre. I mean, what other time in history have people felt the need to publicise their medical status, right? So we all knew it was an agenda because there's no other reason why people would be publicising this. People don't say people don't go online and say i've just had my smear test well some weird people might but it's not a given whereas with the c19 jabs there were all manner of manner of people publicizing their pictures on social media and beyond saying it so we knew it was an agenda and clearly it would appear that dr peterson was part of it so that was when i started to look beyond his common sense and pronouns and see what he was really about Then he pallied up with Israel's Benjamin Netanyahu, and it was clear to me what I should now start thinking about Jordan Peterson. And I'm going to share that with you now. So he had this incredible meteoric rise because he was just standing up for plain good truth. But like many people, he had other agendas going on. And, you know, it's it's a classic bait and switch in many respects, which I've talked about on a video that I did for GB News. And I urge you to check it out. Obviously not right now, but at the end of this video, perhaps on my YouTube channel. And it's classic bait and switch. And that is you lure people in with the promise of something and then you switch and show them what you're really about. And uh, and that is what Jordan Peterson did. And after the October 7th um, Hamas attack, in Israel that we heard about and obviously lots and lots of questions about that 
But uh, given the for, given the forum I'm on, I have to be very, very careful about what kind of questions I'm asking about that, as you know, because the aim is that I want to continue being able to bring this to you on YouTube and uh, not suffer any bans as a consequence of what I'm saying. But on on the day of that happening, Jordan Peterson tweeted his friend Netanyahu and said, give him hell, which was absolutely abhorrent. And that clearly showed me that he was one of the warmongers. That, that's when it clearly showed me that, which was ironic because this is a man who's come up on the back of Christianity. So he had this incredible meteoric rise and we saw him everywhere. And even though he was talking about being a being cancelled because of his views, he had more attention, publicity, popularity and money flowing in than pretty much ever before in his career. So uh, that's the kind of cancellation I think most uh, social medias would like to experience. A Jordan Peterson cancellation where you get to play at uh, big concert venues and all around the world. Um, you know, the thing is, what I've come to understand it, it, as a journalist is that you have to be incredibly careful who you move with, right? And I do not mix with anyone that I wish to report on. I am able to report objectively on people because I don't socialise with them. The moment we socialise with anyone, we lessen our ability to be objective about them. So you shouldn't have political journalists mixing with politicians, for example. You shouldn't have royal journalists cozying up to the royals. So I avoid cliques and groups. I shut down any WhatsApps and social media groups that try to make me a part of them. I don't do groupthink or groupspeak. My USP is the same one as your USP. I am an individual and I am determined to exercise that. You know, they say judge a man by the company he keeps is a fair expression in most circumstances. So what are we to make of the people who have gathered around Jordan Peterson, which brings me to the manifestation of Jordan Peterson's worldview in the form of ARC, Alliance of Responsible Citizens. Immediately, the name gave me the creeps. Who are these people to self-choose themselves as responsible citizens? Haven't we had enough of groups of people telling the rest of society how to live? I know I have. Jordan Peterson has found particular favour in the United Kingdom. So I blame my fellow Brits for his meteoric rise in part. That's why the ARC conference was held here. So Jordan Peterson is a co-founder of ARC. First of all, let's have a look at the name. You cannot avoid the fact that it's a biblical reference, right? What, what do you think of when you think of an ARC? It warns of a catastrophic doom. It, uh, it, 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 it evokes the idea of heroes and heroines saving the world, the animals, going in two by two, particularly the sheep. It continues Peterson's fascination with the Bible and his own vision as a man of biblical significance, even godlike. ARC had its inaugural conference in Greenwich, London in October 2023. The ARC leaders reads like a who's who of the Conservative Party crossed with GB News. ARC was developed by Legatum, the same people involved with GB News. Legatum say of their purpose, our desire to contribute to the creation of a more prosperous world doesn't just shape what we do, it defines who we are as an organisation. Now that sounds like really worthy words, right? <laughs> and that is the thing about words. People can say any words they like, it's the actions that are important, right? The CEO is one Philippa Stroud, who was Legatum's CEO, but she moved sideways to run ARC. And she said of this appointment, over the last few months, the Legatum Institute has been incubating a new project, the Alliance 
for Responsible Citizenship, ARC. I have been asked to take up the reins of this new initiative as its founding CEO, and it feels an enormously exciting opportunity not to be missed. Unofficially, ARC is being touted as the antidote to the Davos WEF World Economic Forum worldview, according to Jordan Peterson and uh, various people that they've involved as leaders. And the idea is that it aims to end the catastrophizing that we hear at WEF. So I knew the name Philippa Stroud. It rang a bell, but I wasn't aware it was a bell of hell. She is a failed politician who failed to win an election. So what did the Conservative Party do with her? Why, they made her a baroness of the House of Lords, of course, as you do. Marvellous. More pigs at the trough. Philippa Stroud is a proud Christian who is married to a pastor. Unfortunately, she's the type who give Christians a bad name, in my opinion. She has had a number of roles that are nothing short of repugnant and reprehensible. She was a special advisor to the politician Ian Duncan Smith during the period he was literally punishing sick and disabled people for being vulnerable. These people are the type who think about useless eaters and bang on about people receiving benefits while allowing their ilk to get away with so much more. She was also special advisor to the Prime Minister from 2012, a period during which David Cameron, who was the Prime Minister, was responsible for forcing through some of the social ills we are still experiencing now, including the privatisation of the NHS and the ideological hell that was austerity. So what was it that Jordan Peterson saw in this woman that made him think, what a great catch for our chief executive, or didn't he have a choice? I suspect the latter is closer to the truth. While she was still involved with Ian Duncan Smith, one of the most heinous politicians to cross my path quite literally in my experience as a journalist and I was able to write extensively about what he was doing to vulnerable people via the Daily Mail which was fantastic. I was literally the square peg in the round hole there and it was great. They just allowed me to write about what these people were doing and I suspect it was primarily because the comment editor hated David Cameron. And so he encouraged me to, you know, write whatever I wanted about David Cameron's Tory government, which is fantastic because I loathed them anyway and could see that they were, it was literally anti-people. It was all about um, making sure they were taking care of their own and creating a several tier society, which has happened. So um, Philippa Stroud was previously the chief executive of the Centre for Social Justice, which was a think tank that she co-founded in 2003-2004 with Ian Duncan Smith. And it was through the centre that her and Duncan Smith claimed to have formulated over 70 of David Cameron's family policies. Now, this was really, this is really a dark period in our time. I was writing about people who were walking to food banks and going back to cold homes and living in one rooms. And I even recall writing about one couple who... Um, who ended themselves uh, because it all became too much. And that was under the policies of Ian Duncan Smith and his sidekick, Philippa Stroud, right? So these are people who hate 
the benefit system, right? And they have done all they can to attack it. As a taxpayer, I am proud of being able to take care of vulnerable people who need assistance. It is always a tiny percentage, usually less than 1%, who are actually rogue people claiming benefits. But what happened was when Ian Duncan Smith and uh, the conservative Lib Dem coalition sought to change the face of benefits. They needed the help of the media to demonize such people. And so such people were considered to be scroungers and people who were not contributing to our society in any way at all. And I remember doing a debate on this morning with the guy who had commissioned um, one of these sort of poverty hating programs on Channel 4. And I whipped his butt in that debate but that was it i never ever got an invite back onto channel four again and that is the thing when you are prepared to stand up to people in your industry as a journalist obviously it narrows the market of where you're going to get work which is why so many cowardice people won't tackle these people there are a lot of people who think jordan peterson is iffy but they won't say it because they're hoping at some stage they can get some work with him i'm not like that I'm not like that at all. I just say what I see. That's it. And I don't think about the long-term consequences of whether I'm going to create a problem for my work opportunities because I, oddly enough, believe that the universe is largely beneficial towards decent endeavours and somehow I always seem to get taken care of. So that's the way I operate. But, you know, I'm obviously not everybody is like me and some people are just cowards. They will talk about others you know, in the background and say, oh, he's really dangerous what he's doing to society and how he's trying to change it. But they won't say it publicly. Again, that's not me. And that perhaps is why you're watching this video, because you know I'm going to say it anyway, right? Anyway, these, as I say, these people genuinely believe the Philippa Strouds of this world, the Ian Duncan Smiths, the Jordan Petersons, they genuinely believe that they have the answers to all of society's ills. Their idea of social justice is based on the premise that all humans are equipped in similar ways and despite our different beginnings, we can all achieve greatness. But this is patently false because not everyone has the same opportunities as a Jordan Peterson or a Philip Stroud. Theirs is a biased, skewed, predominantly white, middle-class attitude where they are unable to acknowledge that very serious long-term harms that can arise from being born into poverty or into a household that is riven with addiction or dysfunction. They have this idea that with the right attitude, people can somehow snap out of it, that they can somehow pull themselves up by their bootstraps. It's a very shallow attitude, and it's an attitude that we've seen in our dubious past. If Philippa Stroud had lived through the Victorian era, she would almost certainly be running a workhouse and lording it over those less fortunate while acting extremely virtuous. She opened the ARC conference by announcing that there were 72 nations from around the world at the conference, all businesses, academics to the arts. And she said, to quote her, each of you has been personally invited. You're all here because you have been personally invited. Clearly, once wasn't enough to say this point, so she had to. I think it is interesting <clears throat> that uh, if it's the responsible citizens, well, only citizens... <laughs> 
that are invited that they deem responsible. So again, mm, I think Sonia's made some very good points there. Say it twice. Well, that sounds like a club, doesn't it? Or as George Carlin once said, it's a big club and you ain't in it. And that's where I'll leave that. You can see the videos for yourself in the comments section. Now we're going to finish off uh, interview with Craig Campbell and then I'm going to be reading out some news stories and giving my views on capitalism. He is someone that's made a genuine mistake, turned his mind, uh, to change his mind and wants to stand up for what's right. What could he do to convince you of that? Well, absolutely nothing because he remains entirely immersed in in the brainwashing since his birth essentially by the fact that he's still wearing that suit and all of of that uh um deception that he unfortunately has been you know he's bought into whether or not he needed to or whether or not it was his fault is secondary to the fact that all of that bs that he swallowed took the whole sandwich and jammed it right in and voted for, you know, lockdowns and, uh, you know, the first one anyway. And, but more so, the lies and deceptions that he bought into through his entire life that led him to going on camera and rolling up his sleeve and putting on a big show of what a great thing and a good idea it was for him to take the devil's potion is exactly why he can't be trusted. Because he's an entirely deceased individual, deceived individual and diseased, unfortunately, you know, depending on what you think is in there. So until people, unfortunately, like that, realize that that they are utter fools, like utter fools to, to actually even walk around. This is, you know, the sort of, again, we get caught in that cognitive dissonance where people think that like, oh, other than just get jabbed in three boosters, he's a really smart guy. People have that, like where they entertain those two things in their mind, that like people who do incredibly unintelligent things remain in the, the place of intelligence in other people's estimation of them. And that's like incongruent. They're not smart people. You're, you know, if you don't realize that if you were deceived in your life to death, there's a lot of people that are now deceived to death. And if there's people out there that like have done the dirty deed against themselves and still think that it was like a smart or prudent thing to do, this is where they have to like analyze. That's clearly, and I always say this, Jim, and you know, you've heard me say this before. They always talk about like that they're, um, you know, that, uh, that sometimes as much as uh, the fertility issues, they say that it affects the, um, the brain, you know, the, the like cognition. They're talking about like there's, there's belief, you know, certainly in some circles, some scientific circles, some medical circles, that, that a side effect of some of the jabs is causing mental illness and mental decay and mental decline and uh, increase in Alzheimer's and dementia and all these types of things. So, you know, they always say like, uh, he, you know, he, he lost his mind after the shot, but that's just not true. And in the case of someone like Bridgen, they had lost their minds long before. You're not talking about sane people. It doesn't matter whether he went to Cambridge. It doesn't matter whether he went to Oxford. It doesn't matter if he's wearing a suit or wearing a tie or whatever the hell he's got on. If he's lived his life through all of the, you know, mentioned and not need mentioned again, 
huge lies of the government through the media to the population and still as like a nearly I don't know what he is I'm looking at him now is he is he you can't tell with British people is he 32 or 65 it's very hard to tell but he's like he looks like a hard-worn 55 year old I would say Bridgen if, I, if I'm not accurate I wouldn't be a good horse trader but regardless the fact that he through his entire life was so immensely deceived that as late as 2021, he was still pulling up his sleeve for a big old pharma lie. He cannot be considered a, a trustworthy individual. He cannot be considered a, an intelligent, deliberating trustworthy individual because his entire understanding of the world around him is a is a is a bought into deception. So yeah, if he if he like, you know, if he got on his begging knees and just said, we gotta like relook at things, because why are we looking up to these doctors who are like still making 12 quid a pop, still injecting people? Why is no one on trial? Why are all these things not happening? And I can't like I can't stand in this house and say if he protested on the lawn gym, he should be on Speaker's Corner. Yeah. He should be on Speaker's Corner saying, I'm a former MP, but I will no longer play into this nonsense and lie and death machine. That I could respect and would, you know, understand his decision. Did but you listen to his speech in the House of Commons? On I've, I've listened to him prior to this and I've I've and similarly with John Campbell, I've invested as much time as I desire into their um in into what I consider their psyop. And again, like in with the John Campbell, he's somebody who he promoted the vaxes as yes. a medical person. Yes. So you know he has blood on his hands. He has like there are people that are now dead that very much probably listened to him as you know that's what doctors have to be careful to do if they give advice. And uh, with Dr. John he hmm. said there's much I think yeah. I've seen he said as much himself and that he's he sorry really regrets it that if i hope so because i've also seen him speak in a way and i know we all do this like we say half truths or we say we say truth but we don't say the whole truth so i've seen him in an interview you know quite recently where he speaks about like things that he was a part of at the time but he yeah they Times when Dr. John Campbell mm. still says things that I think, oh, yeah, you still have you? that point of view. Yeah, but yeah. I come from a point of view of I don't think he's a shill. I think mm -hmm. he's just not um, had access to all the information that we've had. And when he seems to get access to that, it seems to go well. Let yeah. me ask you this then: If Andrew Bridgen, yeah, wearing his suit, yeah. <laughs> Rugby tackled Matt Hancock, put a citizen's arrest on him and led him to the nearest police station and then prosecuted Matt Hancock into prison himself. Yeah. What would you think of him then? I, I think that it would be a show. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's always a yeah. pleasure to meet someone more cynical than I. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot. There aren't that many people more cynical than I. But, yeah. but yeah, okay, true. let me put this question mm -hmm. to you then. Yeah, yeah. Do you think... That the information, and yeah. I, by the way, I completely agree with you yeah. that when they rolled up their sleeves yeah. and promoted it, that had an effect. And it 20, was not 22 years after yeah. 911. I, I perfectly yeah. accept that. Yeah. But, you know, contrary to that, yeah. do you think the amount of information that these two gentlemen have got out yeah. to their audience, yeah. who yeah. were the vaccine takers to begin with, yeah. and the amount of minds that they've changed, yeah. they have made more anti-vaxxers out of Britons yeah. 
in their two months, in their two yeah. years since they've changed your mind, yeah. than I have ever made in my entire life. So yeah, uh, yeah that's good, and that's that that that's got to be a good so. thing. Now I totally uh, yeah. take your point that if they then turn that back and go, hey, this latest uh, virus needs a lockdown, and we've got the absolute bee's knees of a vaccine yeah. for this one. This really, you know, we told you the last one was safe and effective, and we wouldn't release the data for fifty-five years. Well, this is so good, we're going to give you the data after fifty-four years. You know, if they I, yeah, did something I consider like that, them sheepdogs in that they, you know, control that exact. They control the resistance now, just by definition of what you've said i think so, yeah. yeah so you know and when you think in terms of like their the methodology their ethos is order from chaos you know that they're like only looking for division that's all that matters and if you've heard the expression loosh harvest they're you know just looking to harvest the emotions of another segment of the population so bear in mind that's why i said like earlier that that you know as long as they're not out there chucking rocks at buses that's good. You know, like uh, we could sit and talk about Tony Blair and his next appointment to whatever. It doesn't matter. It still means that as long as you and I are sitting here talking about it, he's not being arrested for war crimes in Iraq. Yeah. You know, we can laugh about it. It's yeah. funny, but we're essentially, yeah. you know, we're we're um, we're in, uh, neutered as far as like having any influence on what should actually be happening to him. And in a big way, that's what, you know, an, an Andrew Bridgen type deception is. That's it. And uh, the biggest, the biggest window in to why John Campbell isn't a force for any good in terms of like uh, forward movement of, of any uh, prosecutions, for example, or even a change in the public mind is his outright and, and unequivocal support that he receives from YouTube. So like anybody in this day and age that knows anything about YouTube, and if you don't know anything about YouTube, just know that like if someone's on it, they're not against the establishment. Like they're just like no, you know, there's no argument against that. And uh, there, you know, there's no argument against that. No, not and especially Great. as we you, are now. You do realize you and I are cruise channelists still on YouTube. Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really? no, I know, but so, so you know what I mean. Yeah, there are people. Yeah. We're obviously not. Yeah, you know, but we obviously are not like effective enough yeah. that we're pulled down and that's you know unfortunately let me and let not me... to say that bit shoot is any different in fact you know and like some are but like yeah. that we're in a controlled world in terms of like the narrative you know? I have absolutely no doubt everything you said about bridging mm. um is a legitimate controller possession technique that has been and will be used again and again and again. Yeah. I do not believe at this point that he comes to it. I'll, I'll put this uh, question to you then, and then um, that, mm -hmm. that'll be the end of the show. Yeah. If Andrew Bridgen on his YouTube channel mm -hmm. played a clip of this podcast and you running him down for 10 minutes yeah. and then said... Mr. Campbell, I'd like to come on your show of Apocalypse TV and um, convince you that I'm not Authentic. controlled yeah. opposition. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that all the, your criticisms of me were fair and correct. Yeah. And I'm just someone that's made a mistake and I want to change my mind. Yeah. Would you have him on your show? Oh, of course. Yeah, I'd love to speak to someone like that just to like, yeah. be, you know, be uh, candid for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think people like that need to hear that like... What what were you thinking? Yeah, well, you know why why would you even consider yourself? I I wonder why these people aren't sitting on a mountaintop, Jim. He should go to a retreat. He should go to like a sweat lodge and figure himself out. Because the idea that he still like after all he's done thinks that he's like a a, a voice for other people 
thinks that he should be like a spokesperson for a movement. Guy needs to get his head cleared out. Like in less than three years ago, he thought that the government was going to inject him with like good news or try and save his life by forcing him to do something that they were not letting people on planes to do. You know, it's just like insanity to contribute to authoritarianism and then come out of that in literally like, what are we talking like, like 36 months and act like you're the voice of reason for a group of other individuals. It's just like the height of hubris for me. It's just, I, I, I'm shocked by people like this. And when we talk about like John Campbell, sure, Cruz might still be on YouTube, but it's not being like pumped by YouTube. Oh, Nobody no. gets to see it. And like, and the <laughs> fact that like, look at John Campbell's numbers, they're just going, you know, big, 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 big and bigger, right? He's just mm -hmm. like popcorn going off. And it's like, yeah. okay, this is a jab pushing maniac. Uh, he was. Yeah, he was, absolutely. and they let him do that. You know, of they course. let you. They let you push the jab. They yeah. don't let you say that you shouldn't get the jab. You know, that's why YouTube's insipid. That's why YouTube mm. is a. You know, it's a psyop. It's a. Um, I think it's Satan's bumhole. There's I think both there. of them box very clever with YouTube. I, I've no. I'll bet. Um, so there we go. There you go. Me and Craig are in. Disagreement on that. I, I uh, still, and good cheer. Yeah, and I still hold uh, Bridging MP and uh, Dr. John in um, high regard, but I always, in the back of my mind, know that the controlled opposition techniques Craig Campbell's described are used, and if they were to be used, they would be to be used exactly the way you'd use them with Bridgen and Campbell. So I don't deny that for a second. Wonderful. Um, but Wonderful. I'm I'm more hopeful. Mm -hmm. uh, so where can the audience find oh, you? Yeah, plug your Telegram and plug your Scotland dates and yeah, the, the, uh, everything like that. Yeah, the we'll... big yeah the big ones coming up again. It's uh it's apocalypse spelled the old way. So whatever that is, A P O. C-L-I-P-S dot TV, Apocalypse uh, Telegram, if you want to, again, it's it's pretty sticky, it's pretty um, pretty uh, tasty, I think some people call it, and uh, if you want to come and see me do stand-up, which I hope you do, because I'm, uh, I'm on a, a fasting protocol that I'm really excited to apply to shows now, where um, I've got uh, so much more energy than I've had in, in years, in fact, in decades, and I'm coming from a place of just being extremely uh, debilitated by... Um, by systemic arthritis, and uh, I've been a real medical mess, but I've seemed to have um, intervened in my own health journey, and uh, and I'm very excited to take on the shows from the first to the fifteenth of uh, well, fourteenth, I guess is the last one in Scotland, and they um, they start in Dunfermline and they end in Stirling, and they're in all points in between, including. Uh, including such wild places that I've never been to, I don't think, as Brecon. It might even be Brecon. I don't, when, when I don't know where a place is or how to say it, it's a pretty wild bit of Scotland. And uh, there's the uh, Boat of Garton. I've never, uh, I don't know much about it. But I also know I'm back in Aberdeen on the uh, 8th, so I can't wait to be up there. In Inveriri and uh, Grangemouth and uh, Cumbernauld and uh, Port on Tay and uh, Inverness and Paisley and um and perth so uh if you can make it to any one of those and check it out on uh, breakneck comedy i think is probably the best way to find it so you can either go to their website or maybe on instagram and um and i'd uh, hope to see you. and if you uh, if you get up there come up and say hi after the show or before the show or whatever i'm usually around and i'm affable and gregarious and uh i can't wait to see uh, uh fans old and new
Yeah. Uh, well, I'll just say that again. That's breakneck comedy. Yes. Put, put that in. If you put breakneck comedy Scotland into um, a search engine, the website will pop up and they'll be able to follow through and get the tickets from there, won't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. So, Thanks, Jim. Thank you. Uh, our cruise. <laughs> what would you call Cruise reunion. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And um, I'll put a link to, in case you haven't uh, listened to the work. I, I'm actually, we should probably talk about Blow Our Own Trumpets just in the last couple of yeah. minutes before we finish. I'm actually very proud of the work that we did on Cruise. I think we, um, a lot of the stuff that we purported, um, reported on, turned out to be very accurate. And we'll see that in next week's COVID inquiry when I play that. But we had, um, we had, I think we, our crystal ball was, going pretty well during that uh, 20 show period that we did on YouTube. I think we called what was going on pretty accurately and called what was to come pretty accurately as well. In and through trying conditions, I think also, yeah, yeah. we did really well. I, I pat both of us on the back as well, Jim. Thanks again. Yeah, I'll stick the link to the YouTube channel up. So if you want to see more of uh, Craig Campbell and I's shows, uh, we stopped doing it uh, years ago now, but uh, it's still up on YouTube, which <laughs> must make us shills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't listen to us. <laughs> Don't listen to us. <laughs> We're still up on YouTube. <laughs> So thanks very much for joining us here today. And don't forget my request. Please email beyondthenews at protonmail.com letting me know how you're going to peacefully and lawfully take on the New World Order by sharing information about their potential crimes that they've done and the conversations with your friends. How are you waking up minds? How are you unlocking that cognitive dissonance what are you doing and how has this podcast helped you do it um in fact you could leave the podcast out just let me know that you're listening to well, obviously if you're emailing back you would have listened but let me know what you're doing with this information to spread the news um, so that we have a more enlightened and informed general population what are you doing beyond the news at protonmail.com craig campbell and i we're done we're written off we've already been unfollowed no one listens to us we're the nut jobs it's the people like you who um didn't do it in the first wave that are, that haven't been written off that still have access to um the, the people go and pick your your friend who you think is the most open-minded the most displays the best levels of critical thinking and show them the clips of Klaus Schwab. Show them, um, <laughs> mm -hmm. even if you don't agree with uh, Dr. John Campbell or Andy Bridgen, they've put out some really good um, peer-reviewed scientific papers on their channels about um, why it was a bad idea to take those jabs. And go and s then look up on the websites of the government still pushing them and say, hey, do you think the science matches up with the PR department. If not, why? Beyond the news at protonmail.com, let me know that um, you're taking on, the, it's a relay race. I am passing you guys the baton. My job is done. And we'll look at that with the um, COVID inquiry next week. Um, for, you know, it's all admitted now what I've been trying to tell you and get through to you for the last um, 160 episodes on this podcast it's there's enough evidence now to suggest um, that we were correct and that you should share the information and 
you know, say to people, hey, this wasn't what the television was telling you at the time. And in some cases, it's still not what the television is telling you now. Why not? Who controls that television? Beyond the news at protonmail.com. Let me know that you're going to pick up the relay baton that I'm passing you because I am passing it now. Let me know beyond the news at protonmail.com. Now, I may keep running if I feel that it may be useful, but I do feel my usefulness has come to an end and it's your time to shine now, dear listener. Thanks very much for joining us. And just to finish off the show this week, there's been a couple of interesting results where candidates that have spoken out spoken out against what they would call uh, international corruptive and coercive forces, you know, the sort that I would imply uh, the WEF has, as by the sounds of it did Russell Brand in some of the clips there, where candidates, I think they're in, I'll cover this in more detail, because I haven't had a great deal of time to cover it, this or study it this week. I think it's Argentina and the Netherlands. So very strong anti-New World Order candidates, or at least appear to be on the surface. We'll see if they're more, uh, more along Craig Campbell's line of thought or whether they are genuine representatives of the people. Only time will tell. But that's good news. If it's Well, it can be good news one way or the other that the people are starting to question. Instead of people calling... There are people who call the world beholden to external international forces. Over the last 20 years, they were called conspiracy theorists. Now, in some parts of the world, they're called president. It That didn't come or Prime Minister, that didn't come by just listening to a podcast. So I'm still waiting for your emails. I'm still waiting to see how I continue to do this podcast in the new year, if at all. So I would very much like to hear why um, this, why I should continue to do this podcast. I because I think it may be better. Uh, well, I've been studying acclimatization and desensitization, put it that way. So I'll leave it there and I start to wonder whether I do more harm than good. So next up here is from GB News. This is mentioning Carol Vorderman to our international audience. She's quite famous here in Britain as quite some, someone with a brain and quite clever. Carol Vorderman sacked from BBC over breach of new social media rules. I'm not prepared to lose my voice. The BBC Radio Wales star will be leaving her role. Carol Vorderman has sensationally been told she must leave the BBC in reaction to Corporation's new social media guidelines. The Beeb unveiled new rules for presenters this early this year in the wake of impartiality roles prompted by tweaks from the likes of Vorderman and Gary Lineker. So there you go. If you work for them... In you will, according to Carol, uh, Carol Vorderman, lose your voice. So again, more sp- free speech. Something that I should have, I should have made a clip and played it on this podcast. I, 
I really, I think, well, I really should have done that. It bugs me that I didn't do it at the time, but I saw the BBC <laughs> launch their new podcast. It's a BBC pod. They're obviously watching their viewers hemorrhage uh, more and more, and they've got, we've got to get online. People aren't, you know, people aren't paying their stuff anymore. We, we need to get our message out to people who aren't prepared to pay for <laughs> listening to our propaganda anymore. Quick, get on the internet. And um, th- I... I can't name names or the name of the show or anything like that, but it definitely uh, was like a, a BBC type thing. And by the way, it, it was like their first show, from what I understand, and um, uh, already completely and utterly eclipsed any listenership. Their their first day would completely hemorrhage all of my combined listenership. So I, I, I say what I'm about to say in full knowledge of that. But how they opened up the show was they, they said, let's have a look at what we're going to talk about today. And it just, I couldn't stop laughing. I still laugh now because that's why people, they, they don't understand. They think to themselves, oh, People want to listen to things on the internet now instead of switching on the TV. It's just a lifestyle choice to play things on their phone and the internet. I get that in some cases, but what it really is, is there's a people going, we know the BBC have talking points and their listeners, their people aren't prepared to be able to give their whole opinions, uh, a la Carol Vorderman and stuff like that. They're not allowed to do it on their social media accounts. You think they're going to be allowed to do it on the BBC television programme? <laughs> so the BBC must be sitting there thinking, oh, people are stopping listening to us because people like to listen to things on the internet. Let's put our message on the internet. <laughs> But what they don't do is the whole point of a podcast. Do you think Joe Rogan sits down there and goes, right then, let's all agree on what we're going to talk about today. Here are the points that I've been given to talk about. Do you think that's how he built up his listenership? (laughs) So just it really made me laugh that the BBC have gone, oh, let's go into this podcasting thing without realising that the whole reason people are getting into podcasting is because they've absolutely had enough of listening to the mainstream media message, which they know is only allowed to contain certain topics and only certain presenters are being able to give certain lines of speech and all that kind of stuff. So that that's what made me laugh about uh, watching that, that BBC new podcast. And now moving on to our final story before we go up there. I can't remember if I covered this. Well, oh, I know I've covered it, but I don't know if it made it to air. This may have been what was part of what I call the cursed podcast, where it just had all those technical difficulties. So I know I've read this out a few times and gave my opinion a few times, but I don't know whether they ever saved and made it out to the internet web of ether information transference. Is a college... Right, so this is from the Daily Mail. I did have it from other sources as well, some American ones as well. Is a college degree no longer a good investment? Walmart plans to axe degree requirements from hundreds of its corporate jobs descriptions. Now, I'm going to keep to time here and just give you some very quick thoughts on this. So, are they looking to just get the same people to do the same job that don't have degrees and pay them less? Um, That would be a typical corporate tactic. Can't rule that one out. Is it also possible that a whole system of 
what you would in universities rather than debating they are told to team up and censor so you've got a whole group of youth coming out of universities who rather than listen to other people's point of views and get um, strength iron for design from having um, debates and learning how to outwit and what works and what doesn't it basically practice makes perfect and communication should be is no different to anything else so you've got a load of people who aren't practiced used to being communication but do get very upset very quickly and are used to being able to form groups to get their own way rather than negotiate with the person that they have a problem with do corporations want that kind of personality in their in their working in their corporations third point is there's a lot of universities that seem to espouse the whole um, anti-capitalist system I am a pro-capitalist and a pro-capitalist system guy but I don't think we live under capitalism at the moment and I don't think we have done for quite some time and I'll give you a good example why the bank bailout if you ran a successful mortgage loan company or anything like that, it's just a small business mom and pop as they call them in the United States and you were a successful business your taxes would go to fund your competitors like RBS and NatWest um, who are also in the same business as you and they can use that money to sponsor the things like the rugby here in the UK which would get some more customers and they may take them away from the successful company that is not capitalism capitalism is the, the strong do well the weak do not capitalism is not where through the force medium of taxation because again you couldn't find a party that you could vote against the bank bailout so through a three-party system you all had the taxation of the winners going to the losers to be used then against in the free market system against the winners that ceased to be capitalism in my opinion at that point so when people say I'm an anti-capitalist they usually having listened to the podcast think I'm on board with them it's only when I say I'm a very big proponent of capitalism it's not perfect but I think it's better than a lot of the other things that have come out there there are some good things with socialism in the Scandinavian countries but there's a double-edged sword as well so there's no such thing as the perfect system they all have pros and cons and you can actually I think we should all mix and match I would like to see a 80% capitalism 20% socialism hybrid model but I don't think what we have in the Western world anywhere where there's the bank bailout of 08 is capitalism anymore so anyone said look around you capitalism isn't working i say i agree with you on the assessment that the western world is in a problem i disagree with you on your analysis of what that problem is and therefore probably disagree with you upon the solution however those were just my quick thoughts but the, the point being a lot of people go to universities are taught got to be anti-capitalism capitalism's bad is that the sort of employee you want where your first and foremost loyalty is to your shareholders for creating profits so three things to consider why do you think walmart's doing that is it all three none am i wrong anyway thanks very much for listening that brings us to an end of another show cheers